Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin here. Oh, a reference to Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin, <laughs> yeah, the Tiger King. Well, the well, I mean, she's not the Tiger King, but yeah, the Netflix series. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Hey, guess what? We're the weekly. Oh no, here we go. We are here to talk about the mania down in Transylvania. Oh, does yours take place in Transylvania? Does mine not. does not. Neither. No. Neither. My story has nothing to do with vampires, but... Well, mine sort of has something to do with vampires. Maybe, kind of, theory. You know what? Mine does too. I'm just <laughs> Why not? I'll jump on that train with you. Oh, okay. I'm not jumping on it. It's just part of it. It's a real okay. thing. Right. I mean, maybe. I would love it. To be real. Or vampires are real. Yeah, you know how much I just want to be a vampire right now. This is what's been happening, guys. Belinda and I, well, I've already watched previously six seasons of The Vampire Diaries. And I just binged it. And now Brayden's like, oh, we can watch one episode at a time. (laughs) You know, when it's nighttime on the weekend, you know, I'll have a couple of nice, you know, I'll watch We watched 13 episodes. And then you're like. Over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, and then yesterday morning, you're like, you want to watch some Vampire Diaries? Like, yeah, sure. And we watched one episode, and you just got up and walked away. I'm like, are we, are we watching? Are <laughs> you we know, still watching? I understand that you are in this binge mood, but for me... Binge mood? That's my life. <laughs> I only ever binge. Like, I have I to... I binge drink. I have to I start binge work food. at 2 p.m. I binge shows. <laughs> if I get up at 7 a.m., I don't want to spend... More than one hour watching TV. I spend every single hour. Yeah. Of my That's day. That's where we differ. I do appreciate that you're waiting for me to watch it though. <laughs> I need to watch it. At first I thought Vampire Diaries is fucking stupid. It's such a chick show. Um, <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, oh, Belinda was making fun of me for so long Because I used three to say years. Three years I used to say, I was like and if Any of you are making fun of me right now, hey, fuck you But first, let me just tell you that It's a pretty decent show Yeah, it's actually not bad There's lots of blood, gore, violence, You've drama got Ian Summerholder Holder? Summerholder? Yeah, something like that uh, Yeah, I mean, it, it's The concept is about as lame as what you think it is But Love triangles, vampires, werewolves, heretics. It's a good show. Witches, warlocks, covens. It's interesting. Vivane. It's everything. I think I need an on-air apology because you 
made fun of me for three years. I've already and said now... sorry to you in person. No, that's no. Okay, no. I want an on-air apology. <laughs> you don't get another one. You don't just ask for apologies like that. No, no, no. I just need a quick one. Come on. I'm not sorry that you feel this way. Go on to sort. I'm sorry that you think that I need to give you another apology. <laughs> That's such a Brayden apology. That is a Brayden apology. Do you know, you know, we'll like have an argument and he'll be like, well, I'm sorry that you feel like this, but <laughs> no. Hey, 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 we don't need to air out our, our uh, Yeah, so why should apology. I give you another apology? Well, I've already this... apologized. I've already said to you, I was like, yeah, you know what, babe? Sorry, this is a really good show. I'm not going to say it again yeah, to your face. That's, that's all I wanted right there. No, that didn't count. Well, it counts to me. Moving on with the show before we have a domestic. <laughs> you already there, Brayden. Oh, you want to go? Yeah, you ready, mate? Yeah, yeah fucking cop shop just down the road. i fucking call them, eh? Get your ass deported or some shit. <laughs> what the hell? Where are you saying Back I'm to from? Toowoomba. Oh. <laughs> so Belinda's going to take me from a... Not a rural... Well, where are we now? We're in a suburban. Suburban. We're in suburban. This is not rural. What the fuck? <laughs> this is the same shit as Rabina. Suburbia. Don't tell the world where I've lived. You don't know... They don't know where we are now. Or do you? So you're going to get me deported from suburbia back to a rural town? Yeah. You're not going to like it either, are you? No, I'm not, because I... Let's go straight back to that same house. Oh, fuck. That haunted house. Yeah. Demon Gnomes episode, if you want to hear the crazy hauntings from my childhood. Uh, anyways, yeah, yeah, what are we yeah. talking about today, babe? Let's just get straight into it. Um, Are you first? I am definitely first. So you tell me, what are you talking We're about, We're both babe? talking about children things, I think. I don't really know what yours is, but I got something out of it that there was like a children, something to do with children in yours. Yes, the the title is Black-Eyed Children. Okay. Or Kids. Mine is called Melonhead Children. So let me uh, well, let me get into it. The Mex. The what? Wait, the Mex? Mehek. M-H-C. Mech. The Mech. <laughs> the Mech. Sounds like a Jewish word or something, <laughs> a Hebrew word. Mech. Anyway, so last week when I discussed... Oy, what? Anyway, so last week when I discussed the Loveland Frogman, I sneaked in a reference to a few other cryptids that were fairly prolific in Ohio, one of which being the Melonhead Children or Child. So after. Wait. Why is it just child or children? We'll get into that. Okay. So after researching these odd uh, giant headed baby creatures, I uncovered (laughs) that the legend of them is not only exclusive to Ohio, but a couple of other neighbouring states as well. In fact, the origin of these creatures always seem to have a fairly similar tale throughout all of these states. But there's one that has a fairly creepy origin for these Mm -hmm. big brain monsters to the north of Ohio, the state of Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 Ohio... Is all that's going through my head. So, apparently Michigan is meant to be where these things are from originally, but every single state that says they've had them or have them uh, kind of claims that they're 
um, that their origin point was within their own state. Oh, okay. Yeah, and before I get much further in, I should obviously give you a picture of what exactly a melon head looks like. If you couldn't picture what a melon head was in your mind, give, give me your best uh, idea. Hit me with your best shot. Hit me with your best da, idea. Da, da, da. Um, I just think it's someone with a really massive head, like Megamind or something. Okay, pretty good, pretty good. Now, was, yeah, okay. Anything offensive. <laughs> so, yeah. It's essentially just like a child or an incredibly short uh, adult that has an enormous malformed head with like veins and stuff on the outside. But more so like from the eyes up. Like it's just like bulbous. Have you ever heard of, I think it's called hydrocephalus? Which is yeah. where children have water on the brain, I think. Yeah. It, they're essentially like that, but a bit taken more to the extreme. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they always have tiny, disfigured bodies, even in comparison to, like, their large head. If you think of, like, a normal, normal human head, they'd have, like, a tiny body compared to that. Okay. Yeah. And they always are, are either moving incredibly fast or incredibly slow. Incredibly slow, I feel like, would no, make a lot more sense. No in between. No, no in between. No slight jog. They're, they're, never, <laughs> they're never running like a, you know, uh, I don't know. Sounds for my morning jog. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, they're either out for their morning sprint or out for their morning crawl. Okay, okay. Yeah. So all these stories have one character in common, and that is a doctor by the name of Dr. Crow. Okay. So Dr. Crow is said to have been a skilled surgeon who experimented on the children in a small town hospital. He injected odd substances into their heads for God knows what reason. Eventually, the legend ends in one of three ways. Ooh. One, the hospital gets shut down and the children escape into the woods. Two, the hospital burns down and everyone dies. Three, okay. Oh, and then obviously their ghosts live on. Yeah. And that's what is seen today. That's the paranormal aspect. Or three. The children kill the doctor and make their escape into a series of underground tunnels. Um, cool, cool. So are they the Ninja Turtles? Or, <laughs> <laughs> or are they ghosts? Children. No, children it's definitely not teenage. Children of the corn. Children of the corn. <laughs> Children in a (laughs) Children in a corn husk (laughs) (laughs) Children in a corn husk I feel like that should be the episode title already (laughs) Anyway, it's very stupid But, uh (laughs) Yeah So In the first and third of those endings Um It is said that the major deformities In the heads and bodies of the melon heads Didn't exactly come from Dr. Crow's experiments, but rather the feral inbreeding that went on as the children survived in the woods from generation to generation. Oh, so this is some wrong turn shit. Yeah, and then they became like feral, like like feral, feral, feral. Uh, feral, feral hillbilly cannibals, like that sort of shit. Yeah, wow. But with giant melon heads. Yeah. Okay. So most of the yeah. sightings of these creatures usually occur along lone woodland roads in yep. Michigan, Ohio, and Connecticut. Okay, okay. And according to a lot of people that have grown up in the more rural areas of the states, uh, it's almost like a rite of passage 
after you get your driver's license to go melon head hunting. Meaning you drive out and try and find them. Not you think... go hunting for them and try to kill I know, them. Yeah, I don't think that's safe either way. No, I don't think so like either. Whether you have a gun to hunt them down or not, I don't think it's safe either way. If these children are real... Oh, well, I should tell you about their nature. Tell me. They're docile. They just crawl around or run really fast. They don't attack you or anything. They're, oh, that should be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, the feral hillbilly ones are more scared of the people because, I mean... Oh, they've never seen a normal human before? <laughs> yeah, like, look at that. Their normal... head's in proportion. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, look at those weird monstrosities. What are they? Are those ears? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what would they call us? The regular head people. Small head. We're Small calling head. them melon heads. They're like all tangerine head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So uh, one of the most well-known locations for the sightings of these strange creatures is in Felt Mansion in Holland, Michigan. The mansion had seen a ton of use over its lifetime. First as a home, a church, a boys' school, and then, and most conveniently, a hospital. Is it, it made is. out of felt? <laughs> well, I think felt actually there was something to do with the textiles ah, in the early days. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So this the hospital part of it was where the melon heads are said to have orig- originated from Origin- the experiments. Yeah. yeah, and then finally as a tourist attraction, as it entered back into the hands of the local council. Okay, cool. So, like, did they ever find out anything about this doctor dude? It, it just uh, disappeared. People, people, people have done research on it. There's a podcast called Ohio Mysteries, and I listened to them, and they were saying that someone had done fairly in-depth diving to find out if there was even a Doctor Crow in the area. Oh, and there was a Doctor Crow. There was, but oh. there were, I think, something like a dentist or something like that. That doesn't that doesn't stop anyone just because they're a dentist doesn't mean shit. No, I mean you got access. Dentists think they're doctors. Access to tools. Sorry, Maddie. You could <laughs> you got access to tools. You could uh, you know you're operating on their head still. That's right. Their mouth you is a part of their head. Still have to use little drills and shit. Yeah, maybe you slip past their gums and went up and into just their go brain. straight into the brain. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the obvious progression. Just put a whole bunch of saline up there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna inject your gums with a. Uh, Five liters of saline. Oh, it's in your brain. Oh no! Don't worry. It's a regular procedure. <laughs> yeah. So, funnily enough, never seen from again. <laughs> da, da, da. Sightings of small dark shapes are quite common in Felt Mansion, and the locals seem to think that the ghosts of the melon heads are what's haunting the mansion. So, mm. but Felt Mansion never burned down. But they seem to think that the ghosts of the children are there. Okay. So it's like very disputed origins for these yeah, creatures. Yeah, it's a bit confusing. And people attest to seeing blinds open and close with no one inside. Uh, the dark shape, as I said. And apparently people have been claimed to see the full-on apparitions of these poor children. With the blinds. Yep. We are in the 21st century. There are, you know, remote control blinds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they could have gotten them installed just because it's an old building doesn't mean they can't upgrade to a whole smart system. Every time Janet is like Siri, oh sorry, I just Siri named everyone. Now everyone's gonna get Siri. It's voice recognized. Yeah, voice recognized. Alexa, Alexa, please uh, open the blinds and everyone outside <laughs> like them damn melon heads. Those fucking melon heads. I don't know what the. Again. 
I don't think that's the right accent for the most, one of the most northern states of the US. But hey, it's all good. Yeah, whatever. We could just be tourists from we're, another state. We're uh, ignorant Australians. We don't understand any. Yeah, but they all think that we put shrimps on Barbies. Drink uh, Fosters. Oh. I've never. I don't even know what a Fosters is. I've never seen a Fosters. Worst beer ever. It's like the Budweiser of fucking oh, right. Nasty. I don't know a Budweiser. Budweiser. I've never had a Budweiser either, so I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, nasty. Uh, yeah, that great podcaster Ohio Mysteries mm. said that it was most likely. Uh, sorry, most likely what was true was that one of the local boys that lived in the area perhaps had hydrocephalus, the condition that enlarges the heads. Yeah, and which is maybe, true. I've seen it, and it looks fucking freaky. Yeah. Uh, maybe bullies caught sight of the child and spread mean stories about them. Uh, apparently, one in 20 children born with this disease don't live, live a long life. Mm. So it could be perhaps that the... Um, child passed on and its ghost still lingers in the woods and that's what people are seeing when they go out to look for it because every that's yeah terrible. most of the stories have this thing as just being like a docile Aww. creature that's just like crawling around aimlessly and then uh, the thing that kind of makes them think maybe it was a ghost or some supernatural entity is that whenever they try to get close to it it always seems to like disappear it well like go behind a tree and just be gone or something like that. That's terrible. Yeah. So I mean either it's Mega Mind and he can turn himself invisible with his brain power or it's a ghost. Or it's a ghost. Or it's not real at all and this is just some This is just story. Well, kids are fucking mean. Yeah. Kids are, and I've said this before, they're fucking assholes and they're mean if you've got one thing that's different from them, they'll turn it into some paranormal experience. I'll tell right. you that. Right, I mean, I remember once we were driving with my friend and Elsha. Shout out to my niece Elsha who listens to the podcast Underage. Hey Elsha. Uh, <laughs> when she was super young, and she looked at my friend and said, "There's no beating around the bush with this young lady." She just she's said, still very very honest. She's very honest. She just looked at him, unprovoked, and said, "Ha ha ha, you're fat." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're telling the truth or you're just like a bully. <laughs> like children, children are little assholes. Let's just clarify. <laughs> so I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if someone made up terrible stories That's about some young terrible. boy. You know, when I was born, you could have called me a melon head because the doctors wanted to operate on my head to shrink it. Because it was a big freaking head. I don't have that huge of a head now. I'd say I have a above average head. Yeah, but legit, I feel like my head hasn't grown since I was born. <laughs> I don't know how my mum pushed this out. Because <laughs> I've got like a fucking basketball head. And a episiotomy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's where you get cut from A to V. Oh, wow. Uh, anyways, very graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum had to have a couple stitches with me. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a pretty all right. You're a big baby. Regular yeah, head, though. Almost nine pound. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. At the very least. Trying to get back to my birth weight now. The heads. <laughs> yeah. The heads of the uh, first part you meant to push out, though, right? Mm hmm. So, I mean, it, the. And then the shoulders. So, the hardest part wouldn't have. I mean, babe. The hardest? My head was bigger than my shoulders. For sure. <laughs> Wider. 
At least then it they would have been a nice slip out. Let me, after, let me, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so Melon had children. This isn't about you anymore. No, no, no. We're done with the Melon had children. What is oh, you, like what that you, was it. That was it. That was it. That was good. Thanks. That was really interesting. Thanks. No, hey, I liked it. do we have it. any new reviews? Now time for something different. No new reviews? No new reviews, so... No new reviews. If you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on air. Moving on, babe, what are you talking about? Um, I thought I would just completely switched up in the last minute and just talk about how beautiful you are. <laughs> Thanks, babe. What are you really talking about, though? I am going to be talking about the black-eyed children, all black-eyed kids, depending where you read it. Now, are these children that have been punched and have black eyes, or are these children that have black eyes? I wish it was the punched version. Okay. If the children were just straight up black covered eyes. That's it. Wait, is this the children of the corn? Children in a corn husk. (laughs) (laughs) Colonel Power. (laughs) Colonel Power. If they started a, uh, <laughs> if they started a boy band, you could call it Popcorn. <laughs> so dumb. Anyhow. Okay, so I'm doing the Black Eyed Children. Um, Beck is their acronym, which is what I will refer to them mostly. Okay. I'm gonna go off the top by saying most of my references and I say most because I had a lot of tabs open and I didn't pull a lot of information from a lot of the tabs I just I was like oh it's the same article again and again and again again." but I found some really good stuff I didn't give up I didn't give up I was really passionate about this one it is it was nine pages with seven thousand words Mm. I got it down to seven pages with 6,078 words. Damn. You're welcome. This is going to be a long one. Buckle up. Pause right now. Get yourself a coffee. If you're driving, pull over. Stretch. (laughs) Stretch. Um, Stretch out your brain. Yeah. Stretch them ears because it's about to get real. Kind of. All right. So I obviously got this from the 13th floor TV. .tv, creepypasta.com, wikipedia.org, if, we, if you didn't know what oh, that uh, site yeah. was, yeah. Um, and a lot of the information was actually has since been deleted off the internet, so I got it from web.archive.org from the um, page, uh, what do you call it, site, ghosts.org. There's a lot of dot .orgs in this. Um, a bit of BuzzFeed. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, paranormalcanic.blogspot.com mm-hmm. and there's many more reference throughout. Cool. So, as you guys know, I'm a fan of urban legends. Oh, hell yeah. Because there's got to be some type of truth be- behind them. Like, I believe them wholeheartedly. There has to be something true behind something them. Something about it's true. Something, right? Something happened and then it got exacerbated into a crazy story. That's right. What did I write here? Um... The some truth behind them may be not as extreme or exaggerated or embellished or any other word beginning with the letter E that means the same thing. <laughs> um, but there just has to be something true and uh, true about these tales. 
As we learnt from the inspiration behind the movie franchise, A Nightmare on Elm Street, when I covered it on episode 48, Fruity and Blowfish, how it wasn't like this whole big paranormal thing, it was actually a kid with PTSD. Yeah. So, like, that, it, even though Freddy Krueger, pretty big urban legend, there's a little bit of truth behind it. And that's why I like doing this. God, I forgot about that tale. That's terrifying. I will always remember it. Always, forever. Always. Alright, so the paranormal legend of the black-eyed children first arose around 1998 with a series of posts by a Texas-based reporter, Brian Bethel. Uh, He shared his own experience as well as a friend's. The viral popularity of the stories was enough to make worldwide news, and Bethel was featured on an episode of of the Destination America channel series called Monsters and Mysteries in America. This was one of the first and earliest viral creepypasta stories. There are several stories on the creepypasta site about the Becks, and they are all really well written and quite creepy, and I recommend checking them out. Nice. Um, this legend has its own subcategory on creepypasta as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Pretty cool. So, most of the stories about the sinister children describe them as more or less like normal children ranging from ages 6 to 16, um, except for one very distinct feature. They're fully black eyes. That's including the whites of the eyes or scleras, if you you will, which is where the contact name gets them from Uh when they're the full covered sclera because of the whites. And there you go, a little bit of history. Cool. It's not history. It's a bit of biology. A little bit of information. Mm. Okay. They're described as empty, glossy black, orb-like, bottomless voids. In some descriptions, the eye sockets themselves are empty and black voids. Becks have frequently been sighted at night wandering playgrounds, empty streets, and other vacant urban areas. And many posts describe them wearing hoodies that obscure the upper part of their faces until they approach. Usually, they will avoid eye contact when first speaking to you. According to most reports, the kids approach random people and make soft-spoken polite requests like to give them a ride home or to let them use your phone or something like that, and will become more aggressive if these requests are refused. Their voices may deepen as they get more agitated and hostile. A consistent trait is that is the way the Becks speak. Their wording is unusually mature for their age. Ah, interesting. So it's like a six-year-old talking like an adult. Mm. Excuse me, sir. Now I please borrow your phone for only 15 minutes. I may ring my father. It's literally like that. Creepy. Yeah. While it is believed that these children can hypnotize people into fulfilling their requests, there seem to be little to no um, known accounts from anyone who actually agreed to help these children, which suggests those individuals were never heard from again. Ooh. Or maybe people just aren't that big of assholes and they're like, oh, a tiny kid asking to use my phone so he can call his father? Sure. That's right. You go, young fellow. Maybe. Some Becks can be heard singing or chanting creepy songs or nursery uh, rhymes, including a Mother Goose poem, which goes something like this. Oh, hell yeah. Old Father Longlegs can't say his prayers, take him by the left leg and throw him down the stairs. 
And when he's at the bottom, before he long has lain, take him by the right leg and throw him up again. Oh. And that gave me goosebumps. That's really. so creepy. How is that a mother goose fucking... Oh my god. Oh. I used to go to a kindy called Mother Goose and accidentally cut a girl's finger in half with a pair of scissors. Holy shit. You are a Beck. <laughs> um... It was a complete accident. No one had taught me how to use scissors properly, and I handed them to her, like, with the blades open. Oh, of course. And I just went, shoop. I was like, oh, shit, sorry. And I got in trouble. Um, Why are you letting me use adult scissors as a fucking four-year-old? Right. And it's not what we're talking about. Do you remember those plastic scissors they used to make you use? Oh, my gosh. So annoying. You couldn't cut fucking shit. You couldn't even cut a piece of paper. You couldn't cut butter. (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> On a hot summer's day. No, you could not. It's believed that Bex may be a form of either ghosts, vampires, Ooh. or extraterrestrials. There is an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants that reminds me of Bex. Oh, really? <laughs> I wrote all this in. Yeah. Season 8, episode 17B, Planet of the Jellyfish, where jellyfish take over and clone everyone in Bikini Bottom, <laughs> and they have completely black eyes. They'll order Krabby Patties and ask to hold the mayonnaise. And in the end, Spongebob figures out to defeat them is to spray them with mayonnaise. Oh, wow. But yet, they are very monotone and get aggressive at mayo. (laughs) (laughs) So, since Brian Bethel kind of started it all, I'm going to read his original post from 1998. Cool. Okay, so he's a Texas reporter. All right. Yep. Date. Friday 6th. in a Texas accent. You're going to read a lot. Dude. Am I going to read in a Texas accent? <laughs> I don't think that's good. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. All right. Um, date. Friday 16th, January 1998. Subject line. Those darned black-eyed kids. Well, believe it or not, the Rampage follow-up still languishes unfinished on my hard drive. I don't know when I'll have it done, and I'll probably have to break it up into multiple posts to get it in anyway. Oh, oh, sorry. In any way manageable. Patience, I pray. But since a lot of people seem to be requesting this one, here's some info info on those darned black-eyed kids. I've just woken up from a a mega nap. It's 1am. I'll never get to sleep again, so why not write, eh? I guess I was exhausted from too many forays onto 6th Street in Austin at my reporting conference. Enjoy, or whatever, smiley face emoticon. (laughs) Emoticon. (laughs) Not even emoji. The old school emoticon. (laughs) I could just say colon bracket. (laughs) I don't really know what I call this story if I was submitting it for publication in Fate or something of its ilk. Brian versus the evil, black-eyed, possibly vampiric or demonic, but at least not bloody normal kids. Doesn't have much of a ring to it. Parentheses. Shrug. Smiley face emoticon. But that's at least an accurate title. (laughs) They just can't get a little smiley face. As many things do, it all started out innocently. My internet service provider used to have offices in a shopping centre before they moved to their comparatively lush accommodations elsewhere. There was a drop box at the original location. The monthly bill was due and thus there, but for the grace of the net, I went. It was about 9.30pm when I left. From the relatively... From my relatively isolated apartments, it's about 10 to 15 minutes or so to downtown. 
Right next to Camelot Communications, old location is a $1.50 movie theatre. At the time, the place was featuring the masterwork of modern film, Mortal Kombat. Ooh. Ooh. Very, dates this very, dates this so much. Yeah. I drove by the theatre on the way into the centre proper and pulled into an empty parking space. Using the glow of the marquee to write out my check, I was startled to hear a knock on the driver's side door of my car. I looked over and saw two children staring at me from the street. I need to describe them. With the one feature, you can guess what it was, that I didn't realise until about halfway through the conversation clearly omitted. Both appeared to be in that semi-mystical age of life children get into where you can't exactly tell their age. Both were boys, and my initial impression is that they were somewhere between 10 to 14. Boy number one was the spokesman. Boy number two didn't speak during the entire conversation. At least not in words. Boy number one was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover hoodie with sort of grey checked pattern and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive coloured and had curly, medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristics seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion but his pullover was a light green colour. They didn't appear to be related, at least directly. Oh great, I thought. They're going to hit me up for money. And then the air changed. I've explained this before, but the benefit of any new lurkers, which I couldn't find any other text post in this one, like yeah. the earliest. Uh, for the benefit of any new lurkers out there, right before I experience something strange, there's a change in perception that comes about, which I describe in, in the above manner. It's basically enough time to know it's too late. Wink face. Uh, uh. <laughs> Why do you put a wing phase in? So there I was, filling out my check in my car, which was still running, and in a sudden panic over the appearance of two little boys, I was confused, but an overwhelming sense of fear and unearthliness rushed in nonetheless. The spokesman smiled, for some inexplicable reason, chilled blood. I could feel fight or flight responses kicking in. Something I knew instinctually was not right, but I didn't know what it could possibly be. I rolled down the window very, very slightly and asked, yes? The spokesman smiled, broader this time. His teeth were very, very white. Hey, mister, what's up? We have a problem, he said. His voice was that of a young man, but his diction, quite calm, and something I still couldn't put my finger on, made my desire to flee even greater. You see... My friend and I want to see this film, but we forgot our money, he continued. We need to go to our house to get it. Want to help us out? Okay. Journalists are required to talk to lots of people, and that includes children. I've seen and spoken to lots of them. Here's how that usually goes. Uh, mm, mister, can I see that camera? I, I won't break it or anything, I promise. My dad has a camera and he lets me hold it sometimes, I guess. And I took a picture of my dog and it wasn't very good because I got my finger in the way and etc. Blah, 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 blah. Add in some feet shuffling and or body swaying and you've got a typical kid talking to a stranger. In short, they're usually apologetic. Be uh, people generally teach their children that when they talk to adults, they're usually bo bothering them for one reason or another and they should at least be polite. This kid was in no way fitting to the mould. His command of language was incredible and he showed no signs of fear. He spoke as if my help was a foregone conclusion. When he grinned, it was as if he was trying to say, I know something and you're not gonna like it. 
but the only way you're going to find out what it is will be to do what I say. Uh, well, was the best reply I could offer. Now here's where it starts to get strange. The quiet companion looked at the spokesman with a mixture of confusion and guilt on his face. He seemed in some ways shocked, not that his friend's brisk manner, but that I didn't just immediately open the door. He eyed me nervously. The spokesman seemed a bit perturbed too. I still was registering something wrong with both. Come on, mister, the spokesman said again, smooth as silk. Car salesman could learn something from this kid. Now, we just want to go to our house and we're just two little boys. That really scared me. Something in the tone and diction again set off my alarms. My, ma- my mind was frantically trying to pr- process what it was perceiving about the two figures that was wrong. Uh, um, was all I could manage. I felt myself digging my nails into the steering wheel. What movie are you going to see? I asked finally. Mortal Kombat, of course, the spokesman said. The silent one nodded in affirmation, standing a few spaces behind. Oh, I said. I stole a quick glance at the marquee and at the clock in my car. Mortal Kombat had been playing for an hour, the last showing of the evening. The silent one looked increasingly nervous. I think he saw my glances and suspected that I might be detecting something was not above board. Come on, mister, let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know. The spokesman said soothingly, just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. We locked eyes. To my horror, I realized my hand had strayed toward the door lock, which was engaged and was in the process of opening it. I pulled it away, probably a bit too violently, but it did force me to look away from the children. I turned back. Uh, um, I offered weakly, and then my mind snapped into sharp focus. For the first time, I noticed their eyes. They were coal black, no pupil, no iris, just two staring orbs reflecting the red and white light of the marquee. At that point, I know my expression betrayed me. The silent one had a look of horror on his face in a combination that seemed to indicate A, the impossible had just happened, and B, we've been found out. The spokesman, on the other hand, wore a mask of anger. His eyes glittered brightly in the half-light. Come on, mister, he said. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. The last statement scared the living hell out of me because at that point, by his tone, he wasn't, he was plainly saying, we don't need a gun. Yeah. At that point, I feel like I'd be uh, more scared of the children's crazy hypnotic eyes and less of a gun. Yeah. A gun is so final. They shoot you and you're dead. But a crazy hypnotic black eyed child doesn't shoot you what does it do to you and then you're dead that's right it tortures you in hell for (laughs) a million years (laughs) 75 years he noticed my hand shooting down toward the gear shift the spokesman's final words contained an anger that was complete and whole and yet contained in some respects a tone of panic we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay let us in I ripped the car into reverse. Thank goodness no one was coming up behind me. And tore out of the parking lot. I noticed the boys in my peripheral vision. And I stole a quick glance back. They were gone. Oh. 
the sidewalk by the theatre was deserted. I drove home in a heightened state of panic. Had anyone had attempted to stop me, I would have run on through and faced the consequences later. I bolted into my house, scanning all around, including the sky. What did I see? Oh my god. Maybe nothing more than some kids looking for a ride and some really funky contacts. Yeah, right. Friends suggested that they were vampires with... Uh, what with the old let us in bit and my compelled response to open the door. That and the we'll go see our mother thing. I'm not sure what they were, but here's an epilogue I find chilling. I talk about Chad a lot. He's still my best friend and my best ghost hunting companion and all around cool guy. He recently moved to Amarillo, but at the time this happened, he was still living in San Angelo of rampage fame. I called him and talked to him briefly. He had two female friends with him at the time, both professing some type of psychic ability. I started telling him the story, leaving out the part about the black eyes for the kicker. One of the women we were on speakerphone stopped me. The children had black eyes, right? She asked. I mean, all black eyes? Uh, yes, I said. I was a bit taken back. Hmm, she said. One night last week, I had a dream about children with black eyes. They were outside my house wanting to be let in, but there was something wrong with them. It took me a while to realize it was their eyes. I hadn't even gotten as far as them wanting to come in. What did you do? I asked. I kept the doors and windows locked, she said. I knew if they came in, they would kill me. She paused. And they would have killed you too if you let them in your car. Ooh. So... From this extra long post, we have three unanswered questions. I love, I just, I needed to add this in because it's, yeah. a, it's a little bit funny. A, what did I see? B, what would have happened if I opened the car door? C, why does Chad always get the cool psychic chicks weak face? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. I'll write some later. But for now, your comments are welcome as always. Brian. That's not where it ends. Oh, continue then his friend had an experience that he also posted of course oh, i put a little note here said i also want to note that the po- that he posted the text in comic sans font ill yeah. <laughs> i had to break the tension what a rebel. right subject they're back date saturday the 14th of november 1998 some of you may get this twice sorry i'm mass posting this My apologies, in short for those in the know, most of you. They're back. Yes, I mean they, them, those. The infamous black-eyed kids, but not to me this time. They've appeared to a trusted friend who didn't know my original story. Uh I'm the channel operator for the Undernet Ghosts channel. Generally, a fun time is had by all, but last night was not. This is going to be very, very long, people. I'm sorry. He posted the whole story again, and it's literally like a massive chat group. He goes on to say, I should preface this by saying that John Northwood is one of my very good internet friends, a gentleman of high intelligence and candor. He is an investigator for Spirit, a pagan rights coordinator in his home state of Oregon, and one of the nicest fellows I've ever met. He doesn't joke around about the paranormal, which is why this scares me to no end. I'm absolutely certain it's true. John and I had never talked about the black-eyed kids before. 
In fact, he wasn't aware that I had an experience like this. He swears that all of the text below is true. I believe him. So the screen name Thoth is Brian in this, and I don't know why I didn't just change it to Brian. Okay. I kept it as Thoth because... T-H-O-T-H? Yeah. Some kind of Egyptian god? Ah, there we go. But I kept him in. I'm just going to say John because his whole screen name is John Northwood, so I'll just say John. So do any of y'all really believe in ghosts, or for that matter, kids with funny eyes? Shiver. Never again in downtown Portland at night. Lichen? Kids with what? Thoth? Uh, John? You know I do. And I believe in kids with funny eyes too. Wink face. Did you see some? Nancy? Well, I guess I believe in ghosts. And I have seen kids with funny eyes. Smiley face. John? Yes. A week ago, downtown Portland, about 11.30pm. I was in downtown Portland, Oregon, after a seminar series on software development. I'd grabbed a bite of dinner about 10pm, and when I left it was about 11ish. I'd gotten in my car, locked and belted up, and just started the engine when someone tapped on my window. Thoth. This sounds incredibly familiar, Thoth. Oh. Uh, John. John. I was in an above-ground garage on the third floor, so I wasn't too freaked out. Good lighting, still some people around. And it was one of the guys from the conference, so I rolled down my window and asked him what was up. He wanted to ride around the block a few times, as he was freaked out about who was standing outside his car. I figured, so sue me, that it was some, some of Portland's homeless or some punk kids. So being a good Samaritan, I let him in, and we took off. We drove by his car, where, uh, and there were three kids around it, two boys and a girl. The girl was weird, just freaky. You know, clothes and hair and makeup, gothamatic. The two kids were, I don't know, just scary as shit. Lichen. That's goths for ya. Huh. How old, roughly? John. She was probably about 14 or 15. The oldest boy was probably 14-ish and the youngest between 10 and 12. She looked bored and was smoking a cigarette. The two boys were just leaning against the car. They looked way too intense for kids. Anyway, I started itching behind my eyes like I needed to really look at them. So, like an ass, I slowed down. Big mistake. The two boys sauntered over and the, the girl stayed against the car. The eldest was on Doug's side, the guy from the seminar, and the youngest was on mine. I made sure the doors were locked. I, ha- I love electronic locks, he says. And asked why they were standing around, this, around his car. The young one said, It's scary out there all alone, and we just want to ride home, the eldest one said. You promised you'd help us out. And Doug said, I don't even know you. By this time, I was really on edge. I felt caught between throwing up and jazzing. Adrenaline does that to me. Jazzing? (laughs) What does jazzing mean? Does that mean jizzing? No, he said jazzing. I'm very confused. Adrenaline does that to me. Just jazzing (laughs) jazzing everywhere. (laughs) All of a sudden, Doug said he was getting out of the car, and I told him not to. As soon as he reached for the handle, the two kids, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say this right. They looked a lot older. Their faces were somewhat drawn, and their eyes were 
solid black, edge to edge, no pupil, no iris, nothing. Just a liquid black pool. I just about wet myself, slapped the car into reverse and burned rubber backing out 60 feet away. They started running after my car, so I spun around one of the support struts and we took off. I kid you not, I was convinced that if they got a hold of the car, I was going to die, and not in anything approaching a pleasant fashion. Anyway, the oldest one was at the bottom of the garage when we came out, and almost made it to my side door. We'd gone down from the third floor doing 30-ish, maybe 35 around the ramp. He'd beaten us down the stairs and onto the sidewalk. Anyway, we left him on the corner, and when I turned to look, nothing. He was gone. Doug just about passed out. All of a sudden, the feeling of menace left. Lichen. I've never heard of a sighting of those entities in human bodies, though I've had my speculation on the fact that it could happen. Mm. What does that mean, right? Hellraiser. Did you ever go back there? John. We went back about 10 minutes later. Nobody was around his car. He got out, got in his car, and drove home. This is where it gets really sad. He'd said that he met the young one earlier in the evening and had said he'd take him home. Had he had had even given him a short ride in his car to the seminar and told him to wait. Apparently, though, the older brother scared him, so he felt that all bets were off. I was behind him about 45 feet when the feeling of menace hit again. At that moment, Doug misjudged going across an intersection on a yellow light and his car was hit by a truck. Oh. He was killed instantly. I gave a police report and the whole time felt really freaked out and very exposed. Uh-oh. I got back to the car, got in, locked the, locked the door and waited. I saw the kids again from about two blocks away. I'm not making it up. I'm not thinking they were vampires or something like that, uh, but they weren't as pale. They weren't as skinny, and they felt a damn sight more menacing. I left quickly. My only concern now is this upcoming Wednesday, I'm going back to the area for another seminar, and I won't be leaving until 9.30. I'm freaked out, people. Uh. There's nothing else more. I don't know if he had another experience or what, but... So this Doug guy initially helped one of them, but then upon refusing to further help them, he died instantly. So if you choose to help them, you've got to keep helping them. You've got to follow through. Otherwise but like, you're done. Was it... This is like... Okay, this sounds terrible, but was it a coincidence? Or are they some like mystical fucking things? Because they were there and then they weren't. They were nowhere to be seen. Then all of a sudden they're on like the sidewalk of an intersection where he fucking got hit. Like, Yeah. They sound like spirits. Yeah. Like some kind of cursed spirits, like bad omens. Yeah. Like you see one, some shit's going to happen. Ready to take you across to the other side. It's very um concerning. Very creepy. I had goosebumps for 95% of that. Thank you. And then I stuffed up every time I talked. It's okay. Okay, so Brian added in his two cents to the post and John's story, but it was just rambling, so I didn't want to include it. But his story got so popular that he made an FAQ page, which I won't read to you, but you can find it on the archive website and then just go to www.ghost.org forward slash stories forward slash B-E-K-F-A-Q. Um, 
And it was last updated the 7th of the 10th. Oh, 10th of the 7th. Was it October? Or was it the other way around? I think, no, it was October. 7th of the 10th, 2001. But was removed along with other posts, with the other posts in 2009. 2012, Brian was contacted by Monsters and Mysteries in America um, for the Destination America channel. And when it was going to air, he wrote an article on the 13th of the 4th, 2013 for the news company that he worked for, the Albion Reporter News. He just recounted his story again and then went over the experience of going on the show. He found that they were trying to make the hometown look like a paranormal hotspot when in fact it was just this one experience. Yeah. The show got him to describe um, Abilene. Did I say Albion before? I didn't mean Albion. Yeah, say Albion. Sorry, that's a place here. Abilene, I think. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean Albion. Um, as the Badlands, which he was totally against, but he still did it. He wasn't. Get, he didn't get paid for the show or anything like that. Oh, what the but hell? But this is what he wrote at the end of his whole article. As much as I still don't know what happened that night and why, there's one thing that I do know. It's a gut feeling, but one that rises to a level of almost certainty. If I had given the spokesman and his friend a ride on that long, long ago evening, I don't think I would be here to type this now. End of story. Uh. I think he got, by the end of all this, he got really fucking annoyed with people asking him questions all the time. Yeah. So he was like, stop fucking asking me. Yeah. I'm deleting it. Literally. Um, so, of course, I searched for the interview. I had to watch it. Um, it was very dramatised. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, all those shows are very dramatic. They are. Like, have you seen those, like, ER stories? Yes. Yeah, it was like that. Anyway. Nancy pulled her truck into the ER and she was missing a hand. (laughs) What happens next? Find out after this break. And it will. And then they come back. Nancy pulled into the ER. She was missing a hand. What happened next? (laughs) Nancy, hi. How are you? I'm missing my hand. Fuck it. What happens next? (laughs) That's kind of like what the interview was like. But I found another <laughs> another interview of his on YouTube um, by Strange Chronicle from the Graveyard Shift. Yeah. There was two parts, so I watched both. So it ended up being about almost half an hour. Um, so he sticks to his story in each interview and describes having a PTSD response when driving past the old location of his whatever near the theatre. Really? And when he retells the story. He explains the feeling as if he was a razor's edge away from death if he didn't act quickly. That's what he said in the interviews. If you think this is where it stops, then you're fucking wrong. Okay? This leads us to the the next year, when in one week of September 2014, the British tabloid Daily Star ran three sensationalized front page stories about alleged sightings of the mysterious children connected to the sale of a supposed haunted pub in Staffordshire. On the Tuesday, the headline read, Screaming Black-Eyed Children Child Ghost Terror. Chilling hauntings baffle experts. On the Wednesday, the headline read, The pub cursed by black-eyed child? Screaming ghoul terrifies buyers. And then finally on the Thursday, the headline read, Plague of Black-Eyed Ghost Children. Shock rise in sightings around the world. So who started it this time, you ask? Lee Brickley. Who is Lee Brickley? Let me tell you. Lee is a paranormal investigator who also wrote a book about the experience called UFOs, Werewolves and the Pigman, Exposing England's Strangest Location, Canuck Chase. 
He has a blog where he shares his and other experiences, which is where the backstory was picked up and became viral. Mm. It was the one I said earlier in my reference list. Yep. On Monday 10th of the 6th, 2013, he posted on his blog an experience his auntie had in the summer of 1982. That's right. Uh Uh-oh. That's confirming that Brian's experience was not the first recorded experience. This is what he wrote. In the summer of 1982, my auntie was 18 years old. She and her friends would often meet and chill. Her word, not mine. (laughs) On Canic Chase in the evening time. Probably in much the same way many teenagers still do today. One of the group's many pastimes involved doning horror masks and attempting to scare away couples who often use the area for illicit liaisons. <laughs> liaisons. Oh, wow. During one such evening at around 9.45pm, just before dark, my auntie several times heard a little girl frantically shouting for help. Rushing to locate the sound, she stumbled upon a dirt track and caught sight of the six to eight year old girl running in the opposite direction, shouting, Help, mummy, help! Immediately, my auntie started to run after the child but was unable to keep up pace. During the pursuit, she tripped and received a huge gash to her toe, but she still continued to run. By now, it was getting dark and the little girl had reached an area of very densely planted, thick and bushy trees. She turned, on, she turned around to face my auntie, looked her dead in the eyes, and then ran off into the dark, compact woodland. At this point, probably very wisely, the, the decision was made to give up. Upon returning from the hospital, she had to get that toe seen to. My auntie was advised that it would probably be a good idea to call the police and let them know what she had witnessed. She did so, and was told by investigating by the investigating officer to stay by the phone. At 7.30 a.m. the following morning, the household was awoken by a whole team of police of police personnel with tracker dogs who asked her to show them exactly where she had seen the little girl. They hadn't received any missing, re- ch- missing children reports and in the end didn't find anything. But thankfully, it seems the police take any sighting of this nature very seriously, which of the time in the 80s, that's when they were starting to realize that child kidnappings do happen yeah. and they aren't just runaways yeah so that was really good quick quick action yeah so at the time no one really had any reason to believe anything paranormal was going on the girl certainly appeared to be of flesh and blood it was only later when discussing the incident with a neighbor that my auntie was made aware of a raymond morris in the 1960s he was a child child murderer in the area suffice to say this revelation really spooked her, although there have been many other sightings of this nature in the area, and I certainly don't completely rule out the theory that they are indeed the ghosts of children murdered by Morris. To me, it seems that as these children often appear to be completely solid and never really show any unusual qualities, their origin could lay squarely in the realms of the occult. I've already discussed the Cornovi tribe, people of the Horn, and their fascination with satanic ritual and human sacrifice. That was 2,000 years ago, but still their legacy continues. It is, a fairly co- it is fairly common for people to see groups of hooded individuals chanting and drawing pentagrams in the dirt to this very day. Although I am not suggesting they would harm a child, as it states clearly in the doctrine, which I did not notice, that the ninth rule of the 11 satanic rules of the earth is do not harm little children. Ah. Hmm. 
However, we know the Satanists like to conjure up demons and which entities are their number one preference? You guessed it. Child demons. No children demons. That's it. Demonic children are, for the most part, considered to be offspring of upper-level evil entities. Although, some are... Try saying that ten times in a row. Fuck. Upper-level evil entities. Upper-level oh evil Lord. entities. No, thanks. Although some are demon-human hybrids, they look like mortal children but are described as pure evil. Generally regarded as extremely dangerous, their powers are known to become even stronger with age. Take, for example, Cambion, also known as the Devil's Brat, who, in medieval England, only took the form of a devious child, leading unknowing victims on a wild goose chase, frequently resulting in their death from a steep fall or something of the like. Sound familiar? In my mind, it seems like that even if my auntie had continued to chase a little girl, she would never have caught her because it wasn't a child at all, but an evil force planning to do away with the with my own family member. So it is a good job she gave up when she did. Imagine what could have happened if she had stayed out any longer. With darkness falling quickly in that relatively remote location, she could have easily lost her way. The woods can be extremely disorientating at night. Then what would have happened? Alone in English spookiest woods with a demon child, a situation to avoid at all costs. I think you will agree. Peace out, my friends. Until next time. I could keep going and going <laughs> and going. There are thousands of encounters on the web, including Reddit and other forum sites. But there are a few articles I read throughout all of this, like all my research has stated, that there aren't any experiences detailing what happened if you actually helped the Bex until I came across Lee's blog. He uploaded another post on Wednesday, 17th of the 7th, 2013, with another encounter from a lady who was walking through Birch's Valley when she encountered a beck after hearing a scream. He went on to say that the thing that differs um, his auntie's story and others from Canic Chase from those around the world is that only in Canic Chase do the sightings consistently happen during day. Ah. Yeah. Which is quite interesting to note, is it that others who have seen them at night have never been heard from again, or those who have seen them during the day take no notice because, well, it's daytime and nothing supernatural happens during the sunlight, am I right, vampires? Or is it that there's two different experiences happening that are very similar? He continued on um, in the post with an encounter where someone actually helped some becks that approached their front door. The source was linked to pararational.com where the whole story was posted. It was posted by someone named Cliff and he says it was originally sourced from hauntediary.com but the site is no longer active. This is the encounter. This is the last page, guys, I promise. I have read many accounts of these black-eyed kids but I don't think any really come close to what happened to me when I let two in my house. Uh-oh. Some people think that if you let them in, they will kill you. Obviously, I can say that is not true. This is what happened. I was sitting in my bedroom at home when I heard a knock on the door. It was not too late, so I didn't hesitate opening the door to whoever it was. When I opened it, there was two children standing there. Both were looking at the floor. Yes, I said. The taller one asked if they could come in as they were lost and the other boy needed the toilet. I live in an area where it is very easy to get lost, so I just assumed that they were telling the truth and was looking down because they were shy, even though the one talking spoke very confidently. So I let them in. The one who needed to go to the toilet just walked in and straight up the stairs, so I shouted up, it's on the right. 
I don't know why I didn't find this strange, but most toilets are upstairs, and as he was young, I didn't think anything of it. I told the other one that the phone was down the hall. Thanks, he said. He started to walk down the hall. I followed him. I suddenly came over with a really awful feeling, like something bad was going to happen. I became very nervous and a bit shaky. I still can't explain how that happened. The boy stopped at the phone and paused. Everything okay? I asked. He turned to me and looked up, and that's when I saw his eyes, and trust me, I will never get that picture out of my head. I was so scared that I couldn't even scream. As I turned to run down the hall, the other kid was standing at the end. I became very dizzy and struggled to stand up. He walked closer to me and said that they had been sent to collect me. I still couldn't bear to look into his face. I pushed away from him and ran into my front room and slammed the door shut. I was in so much shock about what was happening. I couldn't think straight. This is something you don't even expect to happen in in movies. After standing against the door for around an hour or so, I finally got the courage to make a run to the back door. So I ran to it and unlocked it. I ran to the back of my garden and jumped over the fence, not looking back once. My friend lived close, so I ran to his house. I told him the story, and as I guessed, he was a bit skeptic about what had happened. I convinced him to come back with me. When we got there, we looked around the whole house, but couldn't find them. Ever since this, I always have a dream that this kid with the black eyes stands over my bed with their hands stretching to me. Uh, I hope to God that I never see them again. That's fucked. So, Lee was interviewed about it as well. Yeah. So, I looked, I tried searching it, and... Oh, no, it was on his blog, sorry. It's a four-minute video by David Reeves Custom um, on YouTube. Um, It was posted in October 2014. And, you know, he tells his story, blah, 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 blah. But he says that the new sighting started on the 21st of the 12th, 2012. As we all know, the day the world is supposed to fucking Uh, end. Of course. And that's pretty much it. But I've got some media uh, mentions that I just kind of want to, like, do. Sure. Okay, cool. So I recommend checking out Thought Catalog. Um where it has six thoughtcatalog.com, um, 16 people's terrifying encounters with black-eyed kids. Some of them are a little bit like whatever, but they're pretty good read. Yep. Um, there is a YouTube Scream Fest short horror film called Black-Eyed Children. It um, was premiered in 2018, directed by Tony Morales, produced by Dylan Marino, and written by Tony Morales as well. And it's fucking good. Yeah. It's like a nine minute video. Creepy. And it is so creepy. Scary. And as I would fuck. like them to make a full fucking movie because oh, it was it was yeah. so good. Yeah. But it was initially this old lady who was like dying. And she must have let one of the be- Becks into her house at some stage. Hmm. Because as she was dying, it was there. Oh. And there was like another demon that was like pulling her away and she was it was just really cool, and I recommend watching it. It's so, so cool. God. In 2012, a horror film called In Search of Black-Eyed Kids, later renamed to Sunshine Girl and the Hunt for Black-Eyed Kids, which is now a series called Sun- The Haunted Sunshine Girl or something on YouTube right. or whatever. Um, that's pretty cool. I watched a trailer to it. It looks really, really cool. In 2013, a two-minute video of MSN's Weekly Strange featured reports of the Becks, and that's believed to help um, what what shared it all across the internet again and created another viral um, upbringing out of it all. Yeah. The site Snopes.com is a pretty well-known 
site is where I kind of got a lot of my information for the Freddy Krueger yep. story. Um, they've listed it as a legend. They've been around since 1994, but they've listed Bex as a legend and said, My conclusion, file black-eyed children under the same heading as Bigfoot. Believe it, believe it is believe it is you like. I think they meant if you like, but realize that there is no evidence of their existence. Just subjective testimony that ranges from reasonable to suspiciously fame whoring. The real mystery, in my opinion, is why the topic made MSN's front page, where it started to trend, <laughs> fooling people into thinking this is real news. And this was posted on the 29th of the fourth, 2013, by David Michelson. Um, Lee Brickley had a bit of advice and he said the only advice I could offer anyone who comes across these unhallowed, unrelenting and unsympathetic strays is to start running while you still can and that's the story of the Black Eyed Children God damn That was a lot That was so creepy And I tried to get through it as quickly as possible What do you think? Do you Fucking think they're real? scary. I think maybe they're just spirits of children that are been killed. I reckon they've got to be some type of demonic spirit. I think so. For the black eyes, the type of, like, compulsion... I know it's not part of it, but every single time I thought about the black-eyed children, in my mind they have, like, very pale skin and they're mm. black eyes, and for some reason there's just, like black like kind of like candle wax running down mm-hmm. out the side of their eyes and yeah. like, yeah that just like makes it extra creepy for yeah. me yeah i think look look into it more honestly there's so many stories and whatever and i got really really passionate and that's why there were seven pages it was nine pages this could have been longer hey all i'm saying is when there's smoke there's fire uh, and there's a lot of it <laughs> but i believe it because there has to be something true behind it it's just what are they? I think there's something, but I don't I'm think not they're sure. Like, I don't think they're a physical being. If they're there and then they're not, unless they are vampires and they've got that super speed shit. Or they're like Jin, where they can be both physical Whoa. and incorporeal. Oh ho ho! Think about it. Yeah. Not everything has to be able to be one thing or the other. Maybe it can be both. Brokeno and boss. Maybe it can right. be none. Soft tuckers or hard tuckers. Yeah, why don't you have half and half? That's right. Crunchwrap Supreme. Crunchwrap Supreme. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Delicious. I hope all you people at home have enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed my passionate researching for once instead of just, oh, I found a short story. (laughs) And hopefully everyone is doing well with the crazy stuff going on in the world. Things are starting to ease up. Keep doing you. Our restrictions are going to slowly be lifted as of this weekend that you're listening to it perfect uh yeah hopefully this has entertained you i hope so because i was i was so passionate about this hell yeah i like reading i don't know if you noticed i like reading people's words instead of going oh and brian also said this like i i like reading their full because i feel like you get their whole vibe as well yeah anyways if you want to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or support us on Patreon, you can at You Me and a Poltergeist. Yes, you can. And if you want to follow our personal <laughs> Instagrams, you can. Mine is Braden Farish. We are with ID one number five ASH. 
<laughs> Mine is Bambi Maccas. I'll say it slowly for you. B-A-M-B-I-M-A-C-C-A-S. Bambi Maccas, that is it. Go follow it. Thank you very much for joining us. You can submit your scary stories. Hey, have you had a fucking experience with melon heads or black eyed kids? Children or any children experiences or that any are paranormal and paranormal supernatural? Or maybe just have a kid you want to talk shit about? You can email us at Yumi and a Poltergeist where we will. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Where we will potentially read your stories out on the show, get in touch with you, do some further research, and try to find out what the hell is going on. Yeah. Be fun. Come on, do it. Come on. Come on. You can also Come go on, to... mister. <laughs> oh, God. You can Just also... email us. We can't read out your email if you don't. Come on. Yeah. Looks up with black eyes. Uh, <laughs> see his finger moving towards the send button. <laughs> no! <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Uh, we love you. We do. But don't forget. Thanks for supporting us and exercise regularly. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.